Welcome to Boy Boy Time Podcast. We're gonna get lady time, yeah. Oh, it's your boy, Boy Time Podcast. Coming in with the slam dunk of a theme song. Hi, ho, ho, it's me, James Corden. Back at it again with a new episode of the Boy Time Podcast. And as always, I'm joined by Babby and Paul. Hello. Hmm. It's a good week. It's a good week. James Corden is now on our podcast because he got kicked off of his television program. James Corden. Oh, no. I don't know if he left or if he got kicked out. He probably left. Mm. I'm devastated either way. Uh, Yes, yes. Because now instead of being confined in his late show area, now he's going to be all over the place. It's a bad day. It's a standalone show called Carpool Karaoke with James Corden on VH1. <laughs> no uh, way they greenlight that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Paramount well, Plus before they do that. <laughs> well, they they made the Jimmy Fallon lip sync battle its own show, so mm. I'm you know, it's probably already a thing. I I just wouldn't know it. Anyways, that's us getting a little bit of ahead of ourselves. Um, we have a slam dunk week this week uh, in terms of things I care about. Um, CinemaCon was this week. Something I didn't know existed, but... Sounds fake. It sounds fake. I, I don't know. I found out like a couple days before it happened that it was going to happen, and then there was a lot of cool movie news. So we'll talk about that. Um, plus, Babby saw everything everywhere all at once. So we will be talking about that. Um, I don't think we have anything show-related to talk about. Uh, Ozark is out. Ozark is out. We have not started it. Well, season four, well, part two is out. Do you uh, know how many episodes are in that? There's another seven. Okay. So... so. Next podcast, probably. Yes. There won't be one next week. Yeah, we do need to after. throw that out. Next week, no podcast. Baby's going oh. on vacation. Oh, well, of course he is. So, unless it was just me and Paul, uh, I don't think we're going to be Half hour long pod, let's go. That would be so much Mini fun. Mini pod. That would be so much fun. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's fine. Next, next time... We'll do, um, whatever, uh, Ozark discussion, blanked on what we were talking about. But let's just jump right into it. Uh, I feel like we usually start with gaming, so I guess we'll do that. Not a whole lot, but there was a couple announcements. Uh, looks like, because I announced, was this last week or two weeks ago, that E3 is, is gone this year. I don't remember when that couple was. Weeks ago, I think. A couple weeks ago. I don't remember it. Okay. So it was probably a couple weeks ago because you weren't there. Uh, E3 is dead for now. <laughs> this year. I don't Wait, know I why. Mean, good. Yeah, it's just this year. It sounds like they're coming back the year after, but they aren't. They aren't even doing a digital show. Just the whole thing is canceled this year. So studios are making their own things if they're going to announce things this summer. Or just be in a Jeff Keighley Summer Games Fest, which is still happening. Cancel um, culture at it again. I know. John <laughs> E3 
said a racial slur in a tweet. Mm-hmm. And this is what Don't happens. Uh, but we got our first... So I know he's a real gamer. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Only real gamers use racial slurs. Ask Leafy. Mm. Um, but we got our first showcase announcement. Uh, the Xbox and Bethesda showcase is going to be on June 12th. That's my birthday, which is pretty exciting Ooh. for me. Um, so Congrats. Thank you. It's, it's, it's a great birthday present. I hope we're going to get Starfield gameplay. <laughs> probably, because it's coming out later this year. I would be shocked if we didn't get Starfield in the Xbox Bethesda showcase. But I don't know. Xbox and Bethesda have been known to make dumb decisions, so we'll see. But that's a thing. And then also, I think I just found out about this, but this announcement is old, so I thought I'd report on it anyway. But apparently Bioshock 4 has been in development for a couple years now, and I just found out about it. And they're also making a live-action movie for Netflix. Um, yeah, I don't know how Strange. I... Strange. Yeah, I don't... Bioshock Infinite came out like 10 years ago, um, and I, I don't even think that's fair to call that Bioshock 3, because it's like a prequel, kind of. So, and it has nothing to do with the underwater stuff, so... Um, yeah, it's like a completely different thing. But I guess they're calling this new one Bioshock 4, or at least that's just what they're developing it as. Um, so yeah, there. That's it for gaming. Bioshock, Lake Bioshock news and a showcase announcement in great. about a month. So that's great. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, do who asked for this news, cause... Who asked for that? Who asked for all this Ooh, stuff? I didn't. This might be the most who asked for this, except oh, no. I've been seeing some people get unironically hyped about this, and <laughs> I am uh, disappointing, uh, disappointed as our, uh, in the culture, I think. Um, but people are getting really excited about Avatar 2. I don't know who, who that is. I've never met a single person who likes the original movie. Um, I bet it's Grant. It's not. It's, I Dang just it. see people... Like, not even Grant likes it. Not even Grant. <laughs> I don't know if he's even... He's probably seen it. I could look it up on Letterboxd sure right now. It. it seems like a Grant movie. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll try to find it. Um, I don't know if I can search his Letterboxd for specific movies. Um, but... Oh, uh, I can't do this and talk about Avatar 2. Okay, um, Avatar 2... It got a title, and it's called Avatar, The Way of the Water. I don't know if that's a reference to the original one. I've never seen Avatar. Where's the Earth and Fire movie? (laughs) That might be coming up. Okay. So they announced that that's coming. Well, we already knew that was coming. They they announced the the title, and then they did, like, the key art. Um, So we saw what the title looks like. It's not Papyrus, so... It's not. It actually looks pretty good. Yeah, I think it looks fine. I'll be the first to admit, as someone who is definitely not going to see Avatar 2, I was like, okay, that's fine. It's passable. Uh, And then there was a little bit of details about the Avatar franchise going forward. uh, Because I think it had been announced that Avatar is getting four sequels, I think. Four or five. It's some crazy number like that. But 
it sounds like that each avatar squeak wool is going to be its own thing. So it's like a self-contained movie, like a James Bond or uh, Mission Impossible. The SpongeBob SquarePants movie. A SpongeBob SquarePants <laughs> movie, exactly. So it's like the same thing, but with different gotcha. people. So there. I, I reported on it because it was like the biggest thing that happened this week, but I don't care about it. And I don't know anybody who does, but I have been seeing people on Twitter be like, I'm going to go see Avatar 2 over, uh, I forgot what else is coming out. It's, it's like, right, something else is dropping on the same day as Avatar 2. And it was like really disappointing to me that people were choosing <laughs> Avatar 2 over it. But I don't remember what it was. So just trust me that there are some crazy people out there who are unironically excited for Avatar 2. Good. Um, I'm totally not one Protect of them. the Avatar fandom. I suppose. I did see that they are re-releasing the original Avatar uh, in anticipation for the squeakquel this summer. Um, so, I don't know. I don't want to see it. I, I And I don't really want to give Disney the impression that people want to see it. So, let's all band together and not go see the Avatar re-release <laughs> so that they stop making Avatar sequels because nobody is asking for it. I think the only person who cares about the Avatar sequels at this point is James Cameron. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting off of my soapbox, but let's, let's just not do that. Let's move on to movie yeah. news because we had a decent amount of it. And by decent, I mean two things that I thought were interesting. Because uh, there was CinemaCon, there was like Fast and the Furious was there. They announced that the director for the movie left, which I thought was a weird announcement to make at a <laughs> cinema convention. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> uh, hooray! Uh, I think I looked it up, and it, this was like his first time directing one. He had produced a whole lot of them, like over half of the Fast and Furious movies he had produced, and then he was directing for the first time, and then no. No, no more. I don't remember who. No I don't more. think they've announced who's replacing him. But I saw some people hope that Vin Diesel is going to replace him, which I didn't think that <laughs> Vin Diesel is a director. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. Either way, uh, this is not looking. Gonna make like. a rule where all of his castings have to be shorter than him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he already has in his contract that he can't lose a single fight in in the oh, movie. Okay. So. That was like the thing. Be like a, one of a, like he directs and then he's the main character type situation. Yeah. Plot it's, armor. It's like, uh, you know, a Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Like he writes with, and directs and stars. Yeah. Or Neil Breen, which. I get yeah. down with that. I, I, I have not seen a single Fast and the Furious movie, and I probably won't see this one either. Um, but, you know, it could be so bad it's good, which I feel like most of them are at this point. Uh, especially Some of them are just boring. True. But I feel like now that The Rock's in it, it's like... And, you know, Vin Diesel and The Rock have a big epic feud. They hate each other. I don't know why. I think it's because The Rock has in his contract that he has to win a certain amount of fights, and Vin Diesel doesn't want to lose any fights on camera because it makes him look like a little weak, weak bitch boy. And I think The Rock is the bad guy. 
Wasn't he, like, working for the cops or something? I think he's a fed, yeah. Yeah. At least he was in, like, the fifth movie. I don't know how, how far we've come from the fifth movie. I don't know. Is he Hob or Shaw? Hob. Hob. Shaw's some bald dude. Uh, oh, frick, what's his name? He was in Snatch. Bald white British guy that's, like, has evil undertones. <laughs> I keep wanting to say Jason Bateman, but that's not. Jason Bateman. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, Jason Statham. Yeah, that that's guy. that's it really rhymes, close to. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Jason Statham and uh, Jason Bateman. Wait, I don't know. I'm mixed up. Good. Okay, we don't need to talk about fast. Tokyo Drift's a certified classic. Though. The other ones are kind of whatever. Really, the first one isn't good. It's good. But okay, I think Tokyo Drift's the peak. Okay, what, the, I mean, what it's about Japanese the one street racing? It's it's sick. What about the one that they go to Brazil? Oh, that's the that's the fifth one, I think. I've seen the like, clip. This is Brazil, and then everybody <laughs> just like draws their guns. <laughs> this is Brazil, and there's like da 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 da. Yeah. Everyone starts dancing. That that could have been edited, but I thought it was yeah. so funny. <laughs> As they keep going, the racing matters less and less. So, well, in, in the newest one, they had a rocket car. Yeah, then they started doing like weird stuff. It sounds like they're going like, to go. We're going to stop a terrorist organization using really hyper modified cars, and the series started as like a street racing underground. Yeah, I was going to say, aren't they all series. criminals? Like, isn't that the thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need help from these underground street racers to stop ISIS. <laughs> You know, maybe I'll make it my mission this summer to watch all the Fast and the Furious movies and then go, go see Fast X and see oh, no. how it holds up. <laughs> and make a video about it. That would be fun. I don't know yeah. where I'd post it. This channel, probably. <laughs> okay. We already do enough on, like, one channel. Yeah, that's true. You could just have this be the miscellaneous channel. Um... But yeah, in, in in terms of movies that I were actually interested in, there's a couple. Um, Toby Maguire got a new casting, which it's nice to see him in things, because he was Spider Man. I think he was in. Was, I think he was in The Great Gatsby, or The Wolf on Wall Street. I get those two confused because they are both. They both have Leonardo DiCaprio as a businessman. I think it's Great Gatsby. I don't know. I don't think he's in The Wolf of Wall Street. That'd be weird. Yeah. Okay. He's in The Great Gatsby. I'll say it. And then he was in the new Spider-Man spoilers. But I feel like you don't see him in very much anymore. Um, But he just got cast as Charlie Chaplin in (laughs) Damien Chazelle's uh, new movie. Uh, It's called Babylon. Uh, Damien Chazelle, he made Whiplash and La La Land. Uh, Both musicals. Kind of. Get him singing. I I don't know. I think it was, um, I mean, this whole thing is, it's rumored to be like uh, the transition uh, in Hollywood from silent films to talkies, which is what the sound of, mu- no, not the, not the sound of music, singing in the rain is about. Um, so it's just going to be another musical like singing in the rain, I believe. Um, but Toby Maguire's in it. And I don't know if Toby sings, but that would be pretty funny. Um, I don't know who else is in it, because, I mean, it's in, like, I think it might be shooting now, maybe. I don't know. 
But I thought that was pretty fun. I was a big fan of La La Land and Whiplash, so I'll probably be checking this one out. Uh, and then we got a new uh, cast in David O. Russell's film, who made uh, Silver Linings Playbook, The Fighter, and American Hustle. Uh, two out of the three of those were Jennifer Lawrence projects. The Fighter is Mark Wahlberg and Christian Bale, um, which I have not seen, but I've seen the cover. Uh, and Taylor Swift has been cast in the film. Yo. Oh, yeah, I know. This one's called Amsterdam. Both of these movies are foreign cities. Um, but I thought it would, uh, it would be pretty fun to look at this cast because it's already looking insane. Um, so first off, I think the starring roles are Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, and uh, John David Washington of Black Klansman fame. Uh, on top of that, you got Anya Taylor-Joy, Zoe Saldana, Timothy Oliphant, Robert De Niro, Rami Malek, Olivia Wilde, Michael Shannon, Mike Myers, Chris Rock, and now Taylor Swift. Crazy. So that's a lot of people. I'm really hoping that Mike Myers plays someone with a Scottish accent because that would be really Better. funny to me. And Chris Rock gets slapped by Robert De Niro. <laughs> that would be a hilarious. It's got to happen. <laughs> but speaking of the great Gatsby, uh, there was like a pre, like a little pre-screening of it at CinemaCon, and uh, the people who have seen it, they described it as a mix of the great Gatsby and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So that sounds good to me, even though I've never seen the great Gatsby, and I'm pretty sure people say that one's bad, but the Wolf of Wall Street is good. I don't know. I haven't seen either of them. Maybe I'll make that my summer project to see The Great Gatsby and The Wolf of Wall Street. The Wolf of Wall Street just tricking uh, Wall Street traders? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. But that one's also the one uh, that Margot Robbie's naked in. Of course. That's the only reason I know about it. My favorite one. But that one is, it's a Martin Scorchese movie, so it's, there's probably some mob ties in there. I mean, they're Wall Street. They are mob. That's true. <laughs> it also has John Barenthal. In hot it. take. That's hot nice. take. <laughs> <laughs> Very hot take. So that was everything that happened at CinemaCon that I was interested in. There was a lot of like commercial stuff, and Kevin Feige announced that he was taking all of the people that are working on MCU projects on a camp outing where they're going to talk about the future of the franchise which uh, probably a good idea. I don't know. I don't know where anything is going right now. Dude's doing a work training outing. Yeah, that's what. I don't. They announced that at a cinema convention. I don't know what what Why? this is. They I announced that. <laughs> they announced that the Fast X director is gone, and Kevin Feige was like, "We're going to talk about Marvel. Uh, we're, going we're going camping. Me and John Favreau." Well, no, he's more Star Wars. I don't know. In the middle of the desert with no food. <laughs> Me and Louis Despacito. We're all going to go <laughs> gonna go camping together in the Navajo Desert. And it's going to be fun. But that nice. is, uh, that's what happened there, which, I don't know. I started watching Moon Knight today, and it's weird. It's like someone who made Marvel show saw Mr. Robot and was like, I want to do that. And then they did that. 
it's like he has a split personality and it's weird because Oscar Isaac is British. No, he's not British, but he's doing a British accent and I've never seen him do a British accent before and it's kind of trippy. It does but, seem weird to him. <laughs> and he's like a little nerd. He's like a, a nerd who works at a museum gift shop. He's that like, man cannot oh. be a nerd, I'm sorry. No, yeah, it doesn't really Just work. Just look at him. It does not Silver work. fox. And like his boss is like, oh, he, you're never going to get a date. You're so ugly and you're such a nerd. And I'm like, look, it's Oscar what? Isaac. <laughs> look at him. He's, he's a very attractive man. He was one of the hottest parts of Dune, and Timothy Chalamet was in that film. And, well, he was kind of mid in that movie just because of the other cast members, but yeah. That's, I don't know. I really like Oscar Isaac, especially with that full beard. Man. Yeah, that he movie could, had like Jason Momoa and Chalamet and Zendaya. Zendaya and, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it was, it was a very hot cast. It really was. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I watched that movie or that show, and then his alter ego doesn't have the English accent, so it's nope. it's weird. It's 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 a weird show. Inside you, there are two wolves, British and not British. <laughs> not British. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's happening. I'm two episodes in, and there's five episodes out. Um, but I didn't want to watch all five hours today, so I watched two hours. So give me a break. Um. But let's talk about everything, everywhere, all at once. The film that everyone's talking about. Baby saw it. Is it the best movie you've ever seen? Um, I want to say yes, actually, but I feel like that's too easy. <laughs> it's too easy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really like it. I, it's probably up there in terms of best movies ever. I just can't think of a movie, like, off the top of my head that would be better than it. So my answer would be yes. Okay. I think the only thing that can come close to it, I've only seen Godfather 1, but Godfather 1 is probably one of the best movies. And I, I, I have a soft spot for American Psycho. I, that's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> um, but that, one, that one's really good, too. But yeah, this one's up there. I think it's in my top three. I think it's those three right now. But let's talk about it. What'd you like? What'd you didn't like? Spoiler warning before oh, we do oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess... Uh, leave the video right now and go watch it. <laughs> yeah. I feel uh, like this is how everybody says this, but don't look at anything for the movie. Just go see it. Don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think short answer, go see it. That long answer. Go see it. Go see it again, if you want to. I saw it twice, right, like on Saturday and then the Monday after, and I don't think that was the way to do it because now I'm burned out. Probably not. <laughs> I probably should have spaced it out. Um, but yeah, so now we're in the spoiler zone. So turn back uh. or leave the video. So let's talk about this movie. Epic. Okay. It's been a week, so I'm foggy already on it. Yeah, it's been it three weeks but for me. I literally saw it a day after the podcast. Yeah, that is unfortunate. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. So, um, yeah, it's fantastic. I, uh, I think going into it with, like, zero anything in mind is probably the best way to do it. Yeah. I as many agree. others have said. Yeah. Um, but, I don't know. That's the most, like, I've had just, like, every... 
I think the movie's title is literally how you describe the movie, mm-hmm. which is always fun because literally everything happens. There's not a genre to it. It is every genre. Yeah. And it goes through every emotion. <laughs> well, it starts off and it's like a pretty, uh, like pretty solid action movie. Like that first act, the action is is pretty good. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, I I think, I think it has to rival even John Wick in terms of action, and. I mean, John Wick isn't the best movie ever because the story is really lame, but then the action scenes are really good. So that's the only reason you're there. This one actually has a story that, like, you really care about. Like, the, the characters are really sympathetic, especially the dad. I, I love, love dad. good dads, dude. He's so good. <laughs> He's the best dad. And it makes me feel so sad. Whenever his wife is not loving It was really funny, though. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I always felt so bad for him because he he just wanted to talk to his wife and his wife's so, she's so stressed out. She's all over the place. He's just like, I just want to love my wife and my family. And he loves his uh, daughter's girlfriend, but his mom doesn't, or the mom doesn't. Drama, 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 drama. That's my favorite little Sims lyric. Uh, yeah. So the first part's pretty epic. Got some good action. Second part, getting a, l- a little bit existential, with uh, just a minor bit. Just a minor bit. Uh, the first part of the second act is is the second act low point, which is surprising because mm-hmm. it happens like right at the middle. Doesn't happen like in the typical second act low point spot, like right before the climax. Um, because a lot of things happen in between, like, her stabbing her husband and, like, breaking the window of the laundry, uh, laundromat and, like, kissing the, her husband in the the universe where she's famous and she's just doing all the worst decisions he can in every single universe. And that's, like, right at the beginning of Act 2. And then it's, like, her overcoming and, like, becoming the best version of herself right up to the climax. So it's like the second act high point. And then you go down again when, <laughs> when, uh, uh, Jobu Topaki was like, I, uh, she's like, just let me go. Just let me go. And it's like, that was the part that really hit me. I don't know about you, but I think there are multiple points, but yeah, that, that, that part where, um, it's right after, you know, she introduces her daughter's girlfriend as her girlfriend, and then, you know, she runs off. Joy runs out of the, the store, and then there's, like, that long confrontation where they're yelling at each other. That, that was the part where I was like, oh, this is, this is something special. This is... Mm-hmm. For like, sure. I was, I was a big fan of it up until then, but that was... Ugh, man. It, like, gives me a sinking feeling every time just thinking about it. Um, I've never seen, like, depression and, and, and suicide portrayed like that. As someone who deals with that all the time, that was probably the, the roughest movie experience I've ever had. Seeing that and having it hit a little bit too close to home. But, you know, I think it was good. And then it, it kind of turns around from there and ends up being a happy ending. Kind 
Yeah. Yeah, I'd say it's a happy ending. Um, I took it as a happy ending. Yeah. I'm sure there's multiple interpretations, I guess. But I I choose to believe that this is the good ending. I don't know how I don't know how I would see it as the bad ending. I guess they're both still experiencing everything everywhere all at once, but they've just learned to focus it maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's a positive ending. I think the yeah. It's interesting. There's, there's so much that happens. It's it's the most like human movie possible without like having even though it is like so wacky and there's so many different things happening all the time. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's the most accurate because it's not some like over the top preachy thing. It's literally just a captures feeling and nothing else. Even if logic doesn't apply all the time throughout the movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I got from it. It's yeah, I, it was one of those where I was like almost like turned off in the beginning because, you know, anything that gets a little bit too jargony for me, I get I get turned off immediately. That's why I usually don't really like fantasy or sci-fi unless it's super accessible. Um, and then, you know, they're like, oh, all these multiple dimensions and the main bad guy's name is Jobu Tupaki. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to remember that. I did. Three weeks later, I've remembered what that is. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I was, like, I was really confused, and then it, that almost just didn't make, like, didn't matter in the second act. It was all just, like, stuff to set up the first act. And then it's just like, okay, yeah, people do goofy things to get superpowers. I get it. Like, that's all it really boiled down to, um, which is pretty funny. And I need to bring up, what I th- what I brought up the first time we talked about this movie, the non-spoiler discussion. But there's that moment where she's trying to explain to Joy, who's tied up in the chair, and her husband, who's sitting in another chair, how like what's going on, and she she descri- describes it as ratatouille. Uh, or, or I forgot what how it's she ratatouille. That's what she says. Like yeah. yeah. Uh, and I thought for sure she was going to bring up the Matrix because the, basically what happens in this movie is exactly what happens in the Matrix where people just, like, download, like, memories of someone else who has, like, Taekwondo mastery or whatever. And I thought she was going to be like, oh, it's just like that movie, uh, The Matrix. But then she brings up Ratatouille. I'm like, okay, that was not at all what I That's was That's more thinking. accurate because you think that old woman saw The Matrix? I know. That's what I was I was going to say. I'm like, that yeah. wouldn't have been totally accurate. She would exactly. never have seen The Matrix. I'm sure that, like, these guys were inspired by The Matrix. Because, you know. No, for sure. The Matrix I, has... I like steering away from that cliche of every single, like, uh, multiverse movie where they do the stupid, like, paper whole thing and, like, do this whole stupid crap where it's like, oh, it's just like this. It's <laughs> like, that's not how normal people act. No, it isn't. It's like... Yeah, I think that's why I get turned off a lot, where it's like they, people don't act like real people. There's ways to do, like, exposition in character. Like, I think the prime example is Saul Goodman explaining how money laundering works. Mm-hmm. In any other context, it's, like, the most boring scene ever. I guess Ozark also did this. But it's like this three-minute scene where Saul is just explaining how money laundering works with cotton balls in like a beauty salon 
uh, and like Q-tips and it's, it should be like really boring, but because it's Saul and he's like kind of goofy and charismatic, it's fun to watch him explain this criminal offense. And that's like the kind of thing that I got with like her husband. Like he's such a goofy guy. He's, he's, he's a goofy looking dude. He's like scrawny and it's weird to see him be like this action hero guy. Um, so it's funny to see that kind of like juxtaposition. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Really, really dug it. Really dug the movie. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like there's so many aspects of it to talk about. And like you can dive into every little thing or you could not. And you still get the same experience. Just because yeah. like the the shared experience of every multiverse character. And it's like how tiny little things in your life could completely change it. Mm-hmm. That's the multiverse like that's how those movies work but this one actually shows it and it isn't just a gimmick for like 20 minutes and then fades away (laughs) and like especially the shot where it like shows her in like all the different multiverses and stuff Mm -hmm. like culminating to that one moment like that was really sick but yeah yeah, the whole thing is just nuts it's it's pretty crazy um and you know I've looked up these guys because I'm like who are these guys? They kind of just showed up out of nowhere. It's Daniel Kwan and Daniel... Oh, what's the other guy's name? Daniel Scheinert. I'm just going to call them the Daniels. That's how they've been crediting themselves. Daniels. They're, they're the new writing-directing duo, like Phil Lord and Miller or the Cohen brothers or something, and they just go by Daniels because they're both named Daniel. So we'll Pretty call safe. them that. Um, they used to do music videos. Um, that was their thing. They've done music videos for, like, uh, Foster the People, Tenacious D. They did the Turn Down for What music video, which makes complete <laughs> sense <laughs> now that I think about it. Um, and then they just, like, kind of started making stuff. I think they made Swiss Army Man, which is a Daniel Radcliffe movie, which... Uh, has not gotten the best reception, but it's Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano, a.k.a. the Joker's Trick. Wait, Riddler's Trick, not Riddler's Joker's Trick. trick. Um, so they made that movie, and then they haven't really done anything. That movie came out in 2016, and then they come out with this one. So, yeah, it's uh, interesting. We'll have to watch their career from here to see how this goes. Yeah, I mean, they definitely have everything that they need. Um, Yeah, they definitely have everyone, uh, their attention right now. Yeah, I mean, it's just nice to finally see true originality in every sense of the word. Yeah. Go to, like, a a big stage, because I feel like it's been a long time since that happened. And I feel like the multiverse genre should now just completely end, because... (laughs) It's over. It's, this is the best thing I can make out of it. The movies were all annoying, except for this one. This is the best one by far. I don't um, even know any other good multiverse movies. I guess I don't the, think there really the is The Matrix, any. does that even count? I don't know if that exactly counts, since it's like it's a... It's a little It's different. like, it's the Matrix. It's not really like a parallel universe, yeah. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I usually don't like parallel universe movies, because it's, it's lazy. I, I think the best part about it is just, like, we're showing huma- humanity and existentialism 
in a way that people are familiar with in a multiverse kind of yeah. setting because everybody has seen like end game and crap so they already have this kind of like pre-notion like oh i know what a multiverse type movie is true um yeah but the show complex human emotion in a way that still stays human despite all the wacky stuff that happens in the first act mm-hmm. um it's kind of nuts but even just like the the old parenting into the the child's new way of thinking all of this kind of new stuff Joy felt so much like an actual human that I, I kept forgetting that it's an actor playing a character. <laughs> I know. It was too spot on throughout the entire film. The processing and how, like, what move she made was, like, too accurate. Yes. Yeah. That, that I was so, like, most that's exactly how a 20-something would act. <laughs> yes. I thought that she probably had the best performance out of Yeah, all for of sure. Them. Um yeah, I was really impressed with um, Michelle Yao. I thought she did a great job as the mm-hmm. main protagonist. Um, I I think she's Canadian, so I don't think she speaks... Well, I don't know if she speaks Cantonese, because that, that's what they're speaking. Um, I'm pretty sure the husband... Oh, I, I looked it up a couple weeks ago. I'm pretty sure he has um, Chinese relatives. Um, so... I thought that I thought that everyone did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was funny seeing. Um, why can't I think of anyone's name right now? I keep wanting to say Jane Lynch, and that's definitely not who plays the IRS lady. It's a Jamie Lee Curtis. I can't. I'm so. I'm off today. I didn't even know that was her. That was crazy. Yeah, I, they made her like the most schlubby. Yeah. <laughs> person, it was like crazy like i didn't know that she was going to be in it and i saw her I'm like wow that she's looking uh, far ways away from the activia commercials i'll tell you mm-hmm. that uh, i had no idea what you're saying it yeah uh so she i guess they gave her like a fat suit they 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 did everything they could to make her look like a gross human being which you know is is it played to her character very nice she no, yeah, I love that they did it with that character. Where yeah. it's like IRS lady slash evil person slash love interest <laughs> all at the same time. Like, yes. I felt so bad I, for her in the hot dog finger universe. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so, so good how they can write all that. And it all seems like completely natural and not out of right. place. It's like they bring up that, like, <laughs> that Evelyn makes this one decision that, like, spirals off into this like alternate universe that isn't on any path and it's off the map and that universe gets like a uh, closer at the end yeah. it's like every single thing is like it feels natural and it gets a bookend to it i don't yep. think there's anything in here that's left up to our imaginations or it's like hey oh you we don't know let the audience decide this is there isn't a golden briefcase pulp fiction thing in here no you get what you get and it's very satisfying to get all those conclusions to all these mm-hmm. one-off gags that are fun. Like the, the freaking raccoon thing where she's like, has to pull his hair to get him to get the raccoon back. It's just like, that was just a bit because she confused ratatouille with rat, what a ratacuni or something. And like, they have a satisfying end for that character and the puppet raccoon that's getting, yep 
taking away animal services. And it's like it's called taking bits too far in a good way. It's it's the best way of doing it. It just brings the the sentiment of the movie stronger. It's like yeah. you know, I mean, I love the nothing matters ending in like a good way. Like that's mm. simply put, after you experience all that, it's it's great. There's there's so much packed into those words after you watch the two hour movie, but yes. the impact of it is very strong. Um, that's a good way to put it. I, I love it. Um, yes. I don't think I've seen a theater react uh, the way that this one did after the movie because everybody just kind of sat there for like two minutes. <laughs> uh, nobody moved. Nobody made any noises. Just, just like silence. Yeah. <laughs> the ending of this movie hits you like a truck. Yeah. Or at least it did for me. It was, man. Yeah, I haven't had a movie that's like shifting or it's like physically affects you and you're like, whoa. I haven't experienced that in a while. <laughs> I don't remember the last one that would have done that to me. There's a lot of great art out there, but the the truly great stuff is the stuff that literally just like hits you and sticks with you for at mm. least like a day or two. Yeah. Like it actually physically and mentally affects you. And that that's the stuff that seems to just like come out of nowhere where it's just like, oh, yeah. people are talking yeah. about this and it's going crazy. It's like, oh, you should probably see this. Like there's a reason that word of mouth is usually a pretty good indicator of things. Yeah. And it's great. Cause word of mouth of this movie was like, people actually did a word to mouth thing, which doesn't happen anymore. No, it didn't. Feel everything artificial. I've seen on this movie, everybody said like, just go watch it. I'm not going to tell you about it. <laughs> it's kind of like, um, you know, you hear about like when the sixth sense came out and like, nobody wanted to spoil it. Like everyone was like, mm-hmm. you have to see this movie. It's like, I'm not going to tell you a thing about it. Just go in completely blind. That's what this feels like. Cause I don't, I haven't, I haven't seen people like just posting spoilers for this. No, really, like you would see for any movie, <laughs> which is weird. Um, the whole thing's just a genuine experience. There's no crappy marketing or no. weird advertising influencer pitches or anything. I feel like they didn't market this thing at all. Like I, saw I got six second ads for it on YouTube. That's the only thing I've seen of it before. Okay. I hadn't seen. I saw one trailer for it in front of another A twenty four movie, and that was it. Like I hadn't seen any like Twitter ads or anything. Yeah, yeah. I just went in. Like I had heard that it was good, and I had heard that it became the highest rated thing on Letterboxd. Uh, I'm like, oh, okay, that means that film snobs like it. I don't know if I'm gonna like it. Well. Here we are now. Um, apparently, film snobs can be right sometimes. No, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of elitism is rooted in, like, okay, they genuinely have some good takes, but they just, like, are so over the top and, like, gatekeepy about everything. Yeah. Where it ruins it. <laughs> yeah, because, like, I agree with, the like, I think the top four, well, yeah, they passed Godfather 1 and 2 and Parasite. And those are all, like, great movies. They're really great, yeah. Um, but, man, if they weren't just, like, <laughs> so late. Yeah, they're so gatekeepy, and I hate They're that. complete elitists and gatekeepers. It's and like, you can like Marvel movies and like this movie. Like, right. <laughs> there's yeah. no, I think you just kind of have to separate it. Just be like. Yeah, it's yeah. the same in the music space. There's no winning. It's all just complete elitism, so. And I hate it. Like what you like. Yeah. I don't care. Just don't like James Corden. Yeah, that's the one rule. That's the one rule. 
That's it. I ain't never meet someone that said anything positive about J- James Corden. That's all I'm saying. I, I've never. I think some people liked him when he was doing carpool karaoke, and that was his only shtick. And then people got annoyed of him because he would sing over yeah. the celebrity, like the singers he would get in the car. <laughs> I work with a lot of old millennials, and none of them have said anything good about James oh. Corden. So. Okay, well, there's your source. Yeah, exactly. That, that would be the source of late-night <laughs> people, the old millennials. But I guess if you somehow listen to this whole discussion and you still haven't seen the movie, you are a dumb idiot. See it. You are a coward and a fool. And I order you to go see the film now. Because we are not over, overhyping it. It may sound like it. You may be thinking to yourself, well, it can't be that good. What, it two is. white guys really like this movie? You think it's that good? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, this is where you're wrong, buckaroo. It's one of the best movies ever made. And that's from coming from a guy who's seen all of... I don't think I've seen all of anybody's movies. I've seen yeah, all of Edgar I've Wright's movies. Not a lot of movies at all. I've seen a lot of movies, but I haven't completed a, a filmography. I still haven't seen Moonrise Kingdom. Otherwise, I could say I've seen all of Ed, uh, Wes Anderson's movies. But I guess I can't. But I, that's all I have. That's all the news I have this week. Wow. Let's turn nice. it over to the music space. I do have something for music. I don't know if you're, you're probably going to talk about it. Oh, my God. I'll let you talk about it. Okay. Um, we'll do that later. Uh, music stuff. This week was kind of slow for new stuff, at least. Wow. Um, I think the big release was Future. Uh, yes. I think that was pretty much it. Um, but yeah, Future. Uh, I Never Liked You. Banger album title. Um, Wait, that's this album? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Future, known for being, um, uh, making misogyny cool. da dee da And for la dee da dee da um, well, that's all I know on. I haven't listened <laughs> Just to a that. lot of. <laughs> I haven't listened to a lot of future albums, uh, mostly because by the time that I was like into this sound, um, he wasn't really dropping quality. Um, he was mostly like his popular stuff was from like 2015 and 2016 and stuff, or his like well received stuff, I should say. Um, but this one's pretty good. I, I mess with it. Um, to get some crazy, crazy lines because it's future. Um, so it's it's got that kind of comedy twist yeah. <laughs> without trying to be comedic, which is <laughs> always great. But um, it bangs. The production's great. Yeah. I, I don't listen to this stuff too often, but, like, every once in a while, it's like, yeah, just give me something like this. Um, trap trap can be good. And uh, I've grown more into trap in the past couple of years, and this is pretty great. Um, I just think with trap, it's like, you get your uh, your trippy reds and everything in Kodaks where I'm like, eh, I'm not seeing it. But then, you know, the the true top of the mountain here when you got Future and Playboy Cardi and Young Thug and all that. Um, there's a lot of quality stuff out there. And I think people put Trap on a lower, uh, a lower standard compared to the rest of the hip-hop. But, I mean, this stands up to everything else. Um, but, yeah, pretty great. Uh didn't like every song but like I mean if it's a pretty good future record if like 14 out of 16 hit um <laughs> how are the Drake I mean, songs the Drake songs are good okay. um I didn't have any issues with the Drake song 
I think wait for you. Drake had to get going a little bit. He was a little bit, uh, you know, certified lover boy whiny. Uh, but the second half of his verse was good. So okay. I think it, it just took a little bit for him to get going. He had, sure. to, get, he had to get in the mood. Um, but I feel like the, the tracks that were more, the, like the straight bangers were my favorites. Like Holy Ghost is pretty sick. Um, Keep It Burning was from Donda 2. And uh, oh, good. I guess they repurposed it and finished it and put it on this record, which makes more sense. Does it sound uh, better finished? Yes, it sounded bad <laughs> uh, when it was done to do because Kanye just mumbled and then Future had a fully done verse and then Kanye just mumbled again and then the song ended. Yeah, that sounds like Donda too. Yeah, exactly. Um, but this one's finished. Kanye does a pretty good verse. This was a lot better than his verse on uh, Pusha's album. So, I uh, nothing cringy there. It was just nice, which is good. Yeah, I feel like Kanye's in a very uh, 50-50 space right now. So, yes. the 50% that is good happened here. Okay, um, good. But the beat's banging. Pretty great. Uh, I, I love that there's a call, song called Massaging Me, and it sounds like misogyny. That's, that's, that's brilliant. <laughs> what, what's like, going on with Future? <laughs> I, I love that like it's weird that we've gotten Pusha T and Future and both of them are playing into the like, the the meme of what they do where it's like Pusha only raps about cocaine and then he makes an album that has his most cocaine references ever um, and then Future's like <laughs> thing is like just being toxic to women and then he just has a song called Misogyny Me and it sounds like misogyny it's like it's great um, they're playing into the bit I can yeah, respect it it's good it's good but yeah, pretty good album. Um, I'm not going to listen to it like a whole lot, but I was definitely uh, vibing with it. Okay. So. Pretty epic. Very good. Um, let me go back. Yeah, look that at was the only new release this week. I think Blue and Fat Lip had some kind of uh, mixtape or album or something. I've listened to about half of that. Um, and then IDK and Kate... Katranata are dropping a collab album eventually. Um, there was a new one with Denzel Curry this week. I forgot to listen to it, so. Wah wah. What? I'm sure it's good though. Okay, probably. So that was that was new stuff. Um, I guess you can talk about you can talk about I, I, the news. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. We just okay. got to release just bring it. Up, I guess. Yeah, uh, I brought up the Post Malone. Uh, listening party thing or Instagram live he did last week or two weeks ago I don't know anymore and it turns out that my prediction was partly right for Kendrick because that prediction ended up being exactly when Post Malone was dropping true so somehow in some roundabout way I ended up being right in the end kind of not at all but the date June 3rd now means we're getting the new Post Malone record, 12 Carat Toothache. So, hooray. I don't know. I, he didn't say anything else. It's just the album cover is him blurry and red with a, yeah, it's very, a light uh, blue background. Very trendy. Yes. It, it reminds me of that Denzel Curry melt yeah, my eyes. Yeah, that's the trend. You, yeah. get, uh, you get some clean, clean gradients and some noise um, and blur it a little bit. And you got an album cover. <laughs> I suppose that's true. I mean, it works. Uh, it works. We'll have to see how it goes. 
Yeah, um, I think there's like 14 tracks on it. 14, yeah. Okay. Yeah, which is the shortest one he's ever done. Good. Which is, it's either good or, I, I mean, it's probably good. I oh, would rather have a concise Post Malone record than a bloated Post Malone record, like yeah. Hollywood's Bleeding or Stony. So. Yeah. It's we'll see. fine, yeah. I don't know if we're doing a reaction or not. Might. I, I would be down for that. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting. But that means that we're we're interrupting our fan marathon with uh, Kendrick and Post. That's fine. That's fine. Who cares? I don't even care. The about marathons will be there forever. Um, yeah. the, the the wheel will. Uh, these new releases. You know, we got to get those out yeah, of the way. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. Because those are fun. I like doing those. They are. But. And I like saying regrettable things that turn out aging bad two days exactly. later. <laughs> Kendrick's going to be a trip. Kendrick's going to be fun because I'm not going to like it, and then two months later I'm going to really like it. <laughs> if, if the Kendrick trend continues with how I feel about Kendrick albums on first listen. I still haven't listened to Section 80 because I'm scared that the same thing is going to happen again. So... Maybe I should listen to it in anticipation of the new one. You could. I'm, I've, am i like, traversed this whole catalog to the point where I don't need to get back into it. I feel like I can just pick up where we left off and be in it. Well, last time we left off, we were at the beginning of Dam. Or the ending of Dam, if you are <laughs> playing the backwards version. Yeah. Or the forwards version. I don't it, know. It's not going to be connected at all. <laughs> I still remember everything that happened in all the albums, so... What? I think we're good. Okay. Well, I, I need to re- refresh myself on what happened in Hollywood's Bleeding before June 3rd. Yeah, it's very important. Yeah. I think he said that the internet is bad, and then he said wow and goodbye. That's all yeah. I remember. Young With Thug was in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. SZA was on that record, and so was Ozzy oh, yeah, Osbourne. Man, that record was so forgettable. That's nuts. <laughs> There was a song with Ozzy Osbourne and Travis Scott, and we all just forgot about it. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. crazy. Huh. I like. I might have to listen to Beer Bongs and Bentleys just to remind myself that Post Malone can be really good. I've been listening to it recently, past couple days. I've been listening to. I have it. to get back into it in my White Boy Summer arc. It's it's time for White Boy Summer. White Boy Summer, it's time. Short King Springs heading out. White Boy Summer. <laughs> Is that what we're calling it? I like that. Short King yeah. Springs. Short King Springs. Um, That's either a yeah. time or a fountain of youth. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I might I might get back into beer bongs before we do that, just to yeah. hype myself up a little bit. Listen to beer bongs, uh, listening to Motley Crue, just really good and good stuff. Yeah. I'm worried about the track list. Whenever he announces the yeah, track I'm list, too. I'm going to be so disappointing if, Mo- if Motley Crue's on it. <laughs> I feel like that record flopped and everybody knows it, so I would hope he would have the hindsight to be like, hey, or, well, he doesn't seem like he's having good... I, yeah, it, that's it the thing. Is like, right now, so <laughs> the label might throw it on there for streams. I think he needs to uh, make like a JPEG Mafia move or something, or a Frank Ocean move and just make his own label. I yeah, guess that's Kendrick not easy. That too. I still feel like he needs one or two records before he's big enough to do that. He's huge right now. He's like I know he's huge, but like he man. is literally like a pop star, like cookie cutout. Yeah, I don't he, know how he could survive without a major label push right now. I guess just because 
he doesn't have marketing and stuff. He's had all that done for him always. Right. I mean, people know, like, I feel like Post Malone at this point is a household name, but I don't think he has the content yeah. to back up. But how much money does he have outside of, like, sponsorship deals and stuff? Know. That's where most of his revenue probably comes I, from. I have so. no idea. But so Lil, Lil Sims just had to cancel her U.S. tour this this week because what? she doesn't have funds because she's paying all for it out of pocket because she's not getting all the revenue from her streams. She's getting, like, screwed on her stream revenue. She needs to make a Lil Sims version of all of her songs like Taylor Swift. <laughs> It's very easy when you are yeah, this one is of very the most popular it. it's, it's artists. It's not a predatory uh, music industry at all. No. Um, but yeah, it sucks when independent artists and artists that are stuck in these like label take 70% of streams or 50% of streams or whatever. Yeah. Then they can't even tour, which is how artists usually make money. Because she'd yes. lose money if she toured the U.S. Which is crazy. But I don't know how popular she is. Would she... She's very popular. Would she have yeah. the poll to get, like sell out places in the uh, U.S.? Yeah. Okay. Not like stadiums, but like she has power. So okay. It's just the amount of money it takes in a touring, it would still be a deficit. Yeah. So That's disappointing. I would have loved to see her. Oh, yeah, for sure. That would be a great show. Um, so It's got to be her. Funny. Come on. It's her and uh, what is it? what's the guy from Playboy Cardi, the British guy? Skepta. Skepta, yeah. So those two. Those are the only two British artists I know right now. <laughs> Other than all of the rock people. I guess in terms of hip-hop, it's Lil Sims. In terms Sims of hip-hop, yes. I already we forgot his name. a lot of British, British uh, I know a lot of British groups. So. Yeah. I know, like, Black Country, King Gizzard, Black Midi. Charlie. Charlie. You didn't correct me when I said King Gizzard. I, I was too focused on saying Charlie. I thought you were going to cut me off. Be like, they're Australian, you idiot. I mean, you just did it Hugh for Jackman. me. Hugh Jackman. Hugh <laughs> 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 uh, Okay. Um, I do have some other records this week. Oh, uh, good. Almost done with Godspeed. I have one record officially left, but two records, technically. There's a secret um, record? There's a secret record. There's a whole crazy backstory and how the band's first debut had like 33 copies on a cassette and they never released it. Blah, 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 blah. 2022, they released it. And it's oh. just what you'd expect. It's, it's from 1994 before they did anything and it wasn't that good. Oh. <laughs> but I'm still going to listen to it. Okay. But I think it was for like a charity or something. So oh. they like finally released it. That's kind of like the, it's, I think it's like a music nerd thing where everybody was like, oh, are they going to release it? I did it. Um, but I do have one more officially to do. I have their last year one from 2021, but this week I listened to their 2015 Asunder Sweet and Other Distress. Um, it's all right. I mean, I, wow. I feel like this one didn't need to exist. It, it's more droney. Um, I just feel like they did like a, a metal drone album. Um, so it's a it's a little different, but it's a little slow. I feel like the last track is the only like really big moment where it's like, hey, this is really good. Everything else was just kind of like, you know, good by their standard, but not doesn't stand up to anything else they've really done. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we have Luciferian Towers, twenty seventeen, uh, oh, eight awesome. songs, 
43 minutes. Um, this is weird because they have songs. There's no double-digit songs on this record. What? Which is crazy. It's like a real record. <laughs> <laughs> a real record. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to piss off the Godspeed fans. Yeah. Uh, I mean, technically, this could be four songs because there's part one and three, like one to three for two of the tracks. So, I mean, technically, it's still a pretty, it still flows the pretty same way. Um, but this one's their lowest rated. I don't agree with that. I think this is pretty great. Um, I don't feel like Godspeed fans know what uh, happiness sounds like. And this record has a little bit of triumph in it. So I think they're scared. Um, <laughs> they should listen to the Porter Robinson record. Yeah, you need some Porter Robinson in your life. But... I mean, it's not like a positive record, but it's a very... There's a triumph to it that the other records don't really have. Um, it's like a... I don't know. It, it just seems a little bit more happy, um, which doesn't say much for them. But happier than, than the rest of the records. It's not as, like, dense. Um, but still very nice. It's very rock-heavy. Uh, some of these tracks are actual, like... I feel like splitting up into three parts actually works here because all three of those parts can make an actual song. Um, I mean, even though they're just movements in one part of it, but I still think it flowed pretty well. So, I don't know. I might make a just a recap video once I do their whole discog and just do a tier list or something. That would um, be fun. Just because there's a lot of records here, and they're all great. And but, I'm not going to like any of them. Exactly. So, um, I'm not going to do videos on those. <laughs> Just have you sit in the corner of the video. <laughs> <laughs> just it's like a frozen picture of me. Yeah. And I'm playing but. Animal Crossing New Leaf on my 3DS really. Your 3DS. Yeah. So yeah. Discog's almost over for them. Um I also listened to my first Brian Eno record this week. <gasps> Did it sound uh, like the MGMT song? No. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. <laughs> I, I listened to Ambient One music for airports. Oh, the airport song. It is. Um, I think this is kind of the birth of Ambient as a genre. At least I think that's kind of what the backstory of it is. Um, but I think he, may, he basically said, I want to make music that's interesting, but also not interesting enough where you could have a conversation over it and not interrupt anything. Like music that you can dip in and out of without caring about missing something, basically. Um, okay. A fancy way to say background music. Yes. But this is very nice background music, I'll tell you. Uh, they should play this in airports. That'd be a lot more soothing than whatever's in airports now. <laughs> uh, um, I don't even know. But yeah. It's, it's kind of got that, that tranquility of, like, uh, I guess to reference Porter Robinson, like wind tempos where not much is happening, but it's, like, great. Oh, uh, yeah. Like that tranquil kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what this record does. Um so very nice to have on while working and doing stuff. It's it's a very positive, light record. Um, really great. I A lot of this, since it was, like, in 78, I think it was, like, on tape loops, and, like, you would have to physically, like, loop it over again and then add instruments over the next loop and then loop it again. Mm. Um, so it's a lot more tedious. It's like working with film instead of digital. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. It sounds really nice. It, there's not much to it because it is ambient. There's four tracks. Um, 17 minute song is basically the same kind of loop over and over again. Um, but then you got some like choir things on like 2 1, and then uh, it, it's a pretty great record. Um, and it's one of those where it's just like 
ambient music not a lot to talk about but like it's pretty great I can definitely see why Brian Eno's kind of like the man when it comes to it mm-hmm. when it comes to ambient when it comes to ambient I think he does a lot of soundtracking stuff too that makes sense he does have a film a film music series it looks like he did film, film music for different genres of movies well that's interesting it's interesting I feel like I'm just gonna go through ambient like one through four, like that main series. Um, okay. I don't know why. <laughs> he started with like air, like music for airports, and then the second one's like the plateau of mirror. Oh. <laughs> it's like not really. <laughs> it oh, doesn't yeah. really fit the uh, theme here, but we'll see. I mean. Music for airports didn't really sound like music for airports. It, uh, that would have been like the prettiest airport known to man, probably. <laughs> oh. You should make but like one that's like music for train stations and stuff. Music for train stations. And music it's just for the, the a McDonald's train. in a small town in rural Iowa. Music for the McDonald's play place. <laughs> you should just music make... Music for being in the mall at 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah, you should make those edits where it's like... You're you're sitting in the bathroom at a party at two a.m. It's raining outside, and Joe yeah. G's uh, slow dancing in the dark is playing on the speakers. A genius. Yeah. <laughs> Just get really specific with it. Mm-hmm. That's what I want in a but Brian Eno record. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was pretty cool. I, I very much enjoyed that. Uh, good background music. So, if you ever need anything while walking or anything, you know, some Brian Eno. Tranquil. I need to do a lot of nature walks, and I have a lot of music for nature walks queued up. So once hey. it gets nice outside, like finally, it's it's like always like two days that it's nice, and then it just dips down into sadness. Hey. Yeah, one day. Uh, I, I've been walking yeah, around with uh, Porter Robinson on. It's very nice. Yeah, I need that's to the do way that. to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Um, on opposite of that, not nice. Uh, after Godspeed's over, I am going into Swans. Oh. So. That's right for me, I guess. Um, I listened again to the first disc of To Be Kind yesterday. Um, and that is such a demented record. But, like, I do really like it. I feel like the first listen just caught me off guard. I've kind of watched, like, a, a summary of them, so I kind of have more context of where, what the records were and where I should start and where I should stay away from until I'm more experienced in them. Uh, Swans is a band that literally is a chore. Like... <laughs> You are physically torturing yourself getting into them. So, um, why? Why would anyone want to do that? Because the payoff is so good. Oh. I mean, like these are like why do you watch horror movies? Why do you do any of that I, stuff? I don't either? like horror movies or like thrillers or anything like that. It's cha- it's very challenging, but like it's also can be one of the most gratifying things once it finally hits. Um, I suppose. But yeah, this thing's terrifying. Like, it's a slow build into terrifying too. I don't know what the second disc sounds like, but the way the first disc ended, like, as soon as Bring the Sun started and then the, into the fifth track, like, that's 40 minutes of music right there, and it gets just more and more demented as it goes. Um, I don't know what the second half is going to sound like, but I don't know. I'm starting with this one first. Uh, <laughs> this one's two hours long. I wanted to go into soundtracks for the blind, but that's two and a half hours. Um, that's longer than everything everywhere. Yep. <laughs> so, I have a 14-hour road trip coming up. I might torture myself with swans. That might be a perfect time for me to be able to just sit down and, and actually get through it. Um, uh, 
Because I feel like I need that. I get distracted too easily. I mean, Godspeed clicked immediately, so I didn't have to train myself to like be in the right space to listen to it because it all felt very natural and it just clicked with me immediately. And like, I love all the records. Um, I feel like Swans needs to hit that one moment where it just clicks and then I can easily, not easily, but easier go through their catalog and not like be like, eh, where should I go? Um, but I, I don't know. Bring the Sun is is one of the rawest musical experiences I've had. So, uh, so there's that. Yeah. That that hits different when it's like late at night and there's not much going on and it's like dark inside and outside and that's just happening and it's it is terrifying, but also it's like really great. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to do To Be Kind and then probably Soundtracks for the Blind. And then from there, I don't really know where to go. There's a lot. I, I, from what I've watched, like, through the 80s through, like, 95, they were a very different band. And then Soundtracks for the Blind came out. And, like, some people, a lot of people call that the best album ever made. So I'm, I'm pacing myself to get to that one. Even better than um, OK Computer. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> what? Um, but then they took a hiatus from, like, 2001 to, like, 2010. So they have, like, different band members and stuff. But wow. then, like, they had The Seer, To Be Kind, and then The Glowing Man. And a lot of the a lot of people put those, like, near the top of theirs. And, like, yeah, those are all beasts of records. The Seer is two hours. To Be Kind's two hours. I think The Glowing Man's two hours as well. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to start it. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. You're going to be Joker by the end of this. Oh, yeah. I See, I had to be in a good mental state before getting into all this stuff, because if I was in a bad mental state before getting into all this stuff, then, like, that's not good. Um, this is demented music to observe, not be, uh, like, surrounded by, if that makes sense. No. I'm simply an observer, and this is not how my emotions feel right now. Well, that's good. Unless the record gets that bad, then it's going to be like, oh, boy. <laughs> but, yeah, th- this record will just induce trauma on me, probably. But That's awesome. That's what you got to do for art, you know? <laughs> I'll sacrifice a little bit. Well, no, I- I've, never, I've never felt that way. I, Unfortunate. I suppose. I watched I'll a rom-com. Phrase it, I'll just phrase it that I'm finding music to scare the hoes to, like, the maximum degree. Okay. Like, I, I, scariest I, music. I completely understand. There you go. <laughs> it just <laughs> it just clicked. Now I'm going to yeah. listen to it. Exactly. I think you've turned me around. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like To Be Kind For You would be like the, the equivalent of like government torture. Like we are going to get information out of you. That scene in The Clockwork Orange. If not, we're going to play you To Be Kind. There's a scene in The Clockwork Orange where they have his eyes pried open yeah, and he's watching rape that. and torture. Yeah, yep. that's what that would be like for me. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's an eye-opening experience so far. So I got through Godspeed. Godspeed's fantastic. Um, and it clicks so much with me. And they're fantastic records. Two of them are absolutely perfect by every degree. Um, apparently Swans has like five masterpieces. So that will be my second thing. Usually I only go through like one artist whole discography per year. But I'm kicking it up a notch this year, I guess. Um, but And I do want to get through Kate Bush eventually too. So I don't know. There's a lot. Man. I also watched a movie this week. I forgot to Yo. mention it. Yeah. But, you know, last it? week I was starting 
my A24 artsy phase. So I decided to not do that, and I watched a rom-com with Adam Ooh. Sandler, which he talks. Yes. But it was a good one. It was which Punch one? Drunk Love. Oh. Are you familiar? I've heard the name. I haven't seen that one, though. Okay. That one? I'm, like, somewhat well-versed in Adam Sandler comedies. Okay. This isn't... It's not made by Adam Sandler. Okay. It's made by friend of the show, Paul Thomas Anderson, who made oh. Licorice Pizza. <laughs> I saw that it was getting taken off of HBO Max this weekend, and I, when Uncut Gems came out, I you know people were like, "This is Adam Sandler's best movie since Punch Drunk Love." He's actually trying in this one. I still haven't seen Uncut Gems, but I'm like, I should Uncut see Gem. this one. I should uh, watch Punch Drunk Love, and he plays uh, a mentally unstable man who has unchecked anger issues, who, All right. consta- who constantly lashes out and breaks things. Like, he goes to mm-hmm. his sister's birthday party in the beginning of the movie, and his sisters are making fun of him because he's scared of them. And he he's the only brother of seven sisters, and they're all mean to him, and they're the worst. And so when they're mean to him, he breaks all three of their sliding glass windows and then just <laughs> leaves. And, um, yeah, it's probably the best role Adam Sandler's ever had, probably. It's just yeah, like, yeah. I haven't seen it. I want to see it. it. I, I should see it. But I heard that, oh, this was also something that happened at CinemaCon. Adam Sandler's going to be in The Guys Who Made Uncut Gems, their next movie. Nice. So we I might hope be weekends in that movie too. I hope so. <laughs> I forgot the weekends in Uncut Gems. He's also in a show, and uh, the reason, like the weekend being in Uncut Gems, is the reason that uh, After Hours and Don of Them exists. By the way, is that true? Yeah, because that's how he went met one of Tricks Point Never. Oh, I think he did the soundtrack for Uncut Gems. I would believe it. I've heard it's very good. We need Adam Sandler in the next album. <laughs> Take Jim Carrey's place. Hey, I'm doing a radio show. <laughs> it's my Adam Sandler impression. I think it's very good. Yeah. So next week I'll watch Uncut Jams. Uncut but Jam. we won't be here next week. No. So I'll, I'll probably watch like a couple movies because you're going to be gone. So I will. Yeah. I yeah. Don't know. yeah, usually I'll kill cues to uh, stuff up for the ride, but I don't know what I'm gonna do this week. Watch Summer of Soul. Good, yeah. It's a good. That's usually when I like. I usually get a TV show and just like absolutely oh. binge it. Uh, what did I? Uh, I mean, you could watch Our Flag Means Death. That's a good one. Although gay you, pirates. Yeah, if you want gay. I pirates. usually do like animated animated shows, oh. but I feel like we've seen most of them. Yeah. Watch. Well, I don't want you to watch close enough without me. We gotta watch that together. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see. Who knows? Maybe watch like all the Marvel movies. Every single one. Just rewatch BoJack or something. Oh, that would work too. Just torture myself with swans and BoJack. (laughs) Sounds like the worst road trip. Although BoJack's funny. Bojack's funny until it's not. Until it's not. If you just watch the first season of Bojack, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. In in kind of a cringy way, but it 
you know, it gets better. You gotta believe me, it gets better. It's gotta be cringy before it gets good. That's right. Just that's the fa- the Family Guy recipe. It's cringy, yeah. you know. It's really funny. It's one of the funniest television shows. It's true. That's why it's been going for five hundred seasons. Same with The Simpsons. That show has just consistently been good ever since yep, never the eighties. I think Billy Eilish was on the new episode. Yeah, they have really? her own standalone special on Disney Plus. It's nice. called When Billy Met Lisa. So cute. I guess it's a saxophone thing. She's playing the saxophone and Billy's singing. I don't know. I just saw it today because I was watching Moon Knight and I wanted to see what else they added on Disney Plus. And I saw that <laughs> and I was like, that is weird. The weekend was just on there too. Yeah. He was playing Bart Simpson, his friend. Hey. Bart Simpson. It's so weird that they don't age, but like the pop stars they get and everything to play it, like, are obviously like new people. Yeah. It's like they just never age. <laughs> It is a little weird. Bart should be, like, an adult man. Bart should be dead at this point. Uh, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Weren't they? Wasn't that, that was, like, a late 80s. That's when The Simpsons started. On, like, the Dick Tracy show. I don't know. Yeah. 1989. 33 seasons. Okay. Did you I know? Maybe, like, 30 more. Yeah, they'll get there. Was, I want to dive you for The Simpsons and, like, just make it, like... <laughs> 67 seasons. <laughs> I would mean that you would live 30 more years and that's it. <laughs> I could live with that. Okay. Just before you get old, just off yourself. 50's good. Yeah, 50's good. I mean, I don't have to off myself. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's other factors at play there. Yeah. You can probably just drown in a tsunami or we something. We are living in a rapidly declining world, so who knows? You should just, like, get a bunch of plastic and throw it in the ocean to accelerate the process. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> cosplay a turtle real quick. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, get all the, the little coffee straws, the ones that are, Ooh, like, yeah. really bad for sea turtles. Just yeah. get, like, a whole box really? of them and then dump them into the Pacific. So can I feed, like, sea turtles, like, paper straws since we use those now? Are those edible by turtles? I would, I guess. I think paper's edible. Okay, good. I've eaten like, paper before, so paper. I can Because apparently can you can't that. feed them the plastic ones, so I'm just... Well, know. yeah. It's like when you go to, like, a sea turtle encampment. They used to, like, in the early 2000s, when we thought that plastic was good for the environment because we weren't chopping down trees. <laughs> <laughs> and then we realized that it was the opposite. Like, that's what they used yeah, to do. Know. They just to be, like... Instead of, like, feeding them, like, sea, seaweed or something, they would, like, do a fun trick at SeaWorld, and then they would feed them a coffee straw. Yeah, just feed them microplastics. <laughs> it was kind of weird. Like, they were, like, weird. All of the sea turtles in uh, in all of our enclosures mm. and stuff, they, they die in, like, two months. It's kind of weird. It's strange. It is weird. Science do be funny like that. Yeah. I've always been a fan of science, especially when it's wrong. Sometimes. Yep. I wonder what's wrong right now that 20 years from now we're going to be like, wow, what stupid idiots we were thinking that... Everything is wrong. Thinking that we had to not wear sunglasses all the time because it turns out that the radiation of the earth is giving us all eye cancer. I knew it all along. And we all need to wear... We're just slowly being poisoned every day we live, so... We all need to wear eclipse glasses every single day for the rest of the (laughs) life. Yeah, I'm just going to wear sunglasses always. (laughs) (laughs) That could be fun. 
Well, that would be cool. You look cool, cool all the time. Oh, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> sick, dude. I wish sunglasses were acceptable. I Looking feel like I look slick. like a creep every time I wear sunglasses. Really? I look like DB Cooper. Oh. <laughs> that. I don't know if you guys know who that is. That's fine. It sounds familiar. I don't know why though. DB Cooper on an airplane in 1970s told the airline assistant that he had a bomb on the plane if you don't give me two million dollars oh, or whatever. Oh, I know. And then they flew over and then he dropped a parachute and never found him. Yeah, I, I know that a guy. Baller. That's DB Cooper. They've never I found him and he's probably got that guy deserves to wear sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I feel like. I feel like DB Cooper. Or the the Unabomber guy. Didn't he wear sunglasses? <laughs> This is this That's is weird. off. Ted Kaczynski. I know that because of uh, Goodwill. I just hunting. like wearing sunglasses because they look cool. I don't feel like the Unabomber at all usually. Okay, well, maybe you should just get anxiety then, you coward. <laughs> I already have anxiety. <laughs> get you more. Get it harder. <laughs> I'm just not medicated, bro. Get more. I I should be fine. I am medicated. It doesn't. Yeah. Help. I'm not. <laughs> That's the difference between you That's and me. That's the difference. Needs the meds. That's it. And you have... Nothing. YouTube. Nothing. That's right. <laughs> YouTube's is meds. And this entertainment. Medication. When you have this podcast... Yeah. Yep. We'll, we'll keep you undepressed here at the boy time. That's right. Check out our Twitter, All Lighten Your Spirits. Much like Robin Williams used to heighten people's spirits, and it turns out that he was deeply demented. Yep. <laughs> it's a very similar situation. Mm. Except I'm funnier. You're on the verge of that. Oh my god. You've gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you bully Elon now instead of Joe Rogan? I feel like you should just end it all. I can I can bully Elon. Just like get us completely just <laughs> obliterated off the platform. Yes, dude. Elon's only Have followed a- by Joe Rogan. That's the only thing. That's because we're only following Joe Rogan. No, we're following Vixen Fashion, too, and they're not following Elon Musk. I wonder if I say something really uh, biting. Do it. That uh, he'll get me. What if I say, like, you are stupid? Or what if I call him a hairless ape? Do you think we'll get suspended again? Do it. Probably. You won't. Just bring up, like, his hairline before he got hair plugs. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, the far late, the far left hates everyone, them cl- themselves included. That's true. He got it. <laughs> That's true. I do hate myself, Elon. I do hate myself. <laughs> You're kind of right on that. What I think Elon needs to do is get in a, in a fight with Joe Rogan, get in the MMA ring, and then whoever wins gets Twitter. Hmm. Or Jack, if Jack wants to do that. Elon versus Jack, that could be fun. Cool. I would pay for view for that one. Yeah, so. Did we, did we add enough of nothing at the podcast? At the I think podcast? we've done enough nothing where we can officially end. That was like 10 minutes of nothing. I think we're good. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so, so we'll meet again in a couple weeks. Oh. I suppose. We'll circle back a couple weeks from now. If I ever come back. (laughs) (laughs) Very funny joke. But we're not recording, so. Yeah.
better not be. Psych!